Welcome to Musicians vs. the World, the podcast where we explore aspects of music and musician life that may not have been covered in music school. I am your host, Christine Smith, and today we are talking with singer-songwriter Kelly Monroe. Now, Kelly is a singer-songwriter and actress from Austin, Texas. She started her on-screen career modeling and acting in commercials and rose to prominence through her acting roles in hit shows like Billions, Lucifer, and American Crime Story. As a true performer and a genuine songwriter, Kelly is keen on sharing her perspective by telling passionate, sometimes personal stories that both inspire others and help her heal as a person. As a creative, Kelly thinks it's important to keep a fire burning at all times, whether it's through film, singing, songwriting, or photography. Picking one lane as an artist is not Kelly's philosophy. Kelly wants to encourage everyone to defy societal standards and challenge their comfort zones. Months within launching her career, the determined musician had already amassed more than 2.5 million streams and made her performance debut at South by Southwest in Austin. And she is joining us today from Paris. So Kelly Monroe, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Musicians vs. the World. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What an intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a career you've had. Now, I know most people do some sort of pivot mid-career. But I have not met many that have decided to go into music and in the middle of their career. What on earth made you decide to go through this massive change? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. I I mean, the the answer simply is the pandemic. Um, you know, I think that that was a very, very earth shattering, shaking the ground. You know, it was a very pivotal time for a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you get a lot of satisfaction from doing TV and film projects. And, of course, when that dissipates and it completely halts, you're left with just yourself and the idea that, you know, we are we are not immortal. We are not, um, you know, going to live forever. And you begin to question everything. And I think that that was a really pivotal point for me. I was single at the time, didn't even have a dog, had wasn't living with anybody. And, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I lived in New York, in Soho, in a studio by myself. I don't know if people remember, but when the looting was happening and the fires and the guns and the... Yeah. That was right in the middle of kind of the epicenter of catastrophe, really. Oh. So... This really kind of urged me to stop and think like, okay, what are the tools? What are the instruments that I have right now? And, you know, my mom always taught me to make lemonade out of lemons, right? And, you know, we've all, we all think we're optimistic until we're actually put in the, put in the spot to be optimistic. Right. And when, you know, the rubber really meets the road, it was like, what am I going to do? And I just remember I was I was literally in my apartment. I was home alone. And if you want the real story, I my friend had given me these like um, chocolate mushrooms, like chocolate bars. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe I'll just eat a little bit. I don't know. Like this was at the time where you're like, you either drink wine or you just cry or you do nothing. So I kind of had this like really beautiful, like very subtle um, experience with psilocybin. And I know it's like a very controversial thing, but a lot of people are talking about it. But it really opened up my heart and it made me realize like, wow, we have so many tools and instruments within us that we never use, we never tap into. And anything is possible. And I can either create art out of the pain in my heart 
or I can choose to just go down this path of like despair and sadness. And, you know, that's a rolling stone, right? It just, it keeps going and going and going and faster and you pick up more energy around it. So I had this beautiful moment and I realized like, wow, my voice is something that everybody loves my speaking voice. And I've never really explored my singing voice. And my brother was a singer. And I looked across the room one night and I remember being so sad. But of course, this experience I just started to tell you about, I saw this guitar. Never played the guitar in my life. Went and picked up the guitar and I just started strumming it. And um, I just literally started singing. And what's really interesting is since I was like probably 10 years old, I've got stacks of journals that I've kept over the years of just writing. And I went and opened up some of these journals that night and I and I realized, wow, this is all poetry. This is all, you know, half, half of the entries rhymed and I didn't even realize it. And so I just kind of started strumming the guitar and singing these journal entries. And um, that was how I ended up writing my first song. While I'm learning to trust again You let the cracks in my heart slowly break You never tried to change the memories You never once ran from my pain Patiently Really? From yeah. these journal entries? Just yeah. you and a guitar in the middle of New York City. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was really quite bizarre, and people are like, "I can't even comprehend that." But that's that's the yeah, that's the story. I mean, I don't know. You, I'm sure you can relate. Like during the pandemic, it was like you know, everyone I think had one troubling moment or a come to Jesus moment or whatever you want to call it, where you're like, "Okay, I have two options right now. I can either freak out or I can try to make lemonade out of lemons." Right. 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 That's true. And yeah. yours turned into a very productive and almost it sounds like it was almost cathartic for you to be able to tap into these old feelings from years before. Oh, I think it's music has been the most healing channel that I've ever experienced in my life. I'm forever grateful to music. And now that I have a deep connection to it and the process of making it, it's it's something that will will never leave me now. It's something mm -hmm. that I will always come through and back to time and time again. Yeah. There is a difference, however. Many people picked up the guitar during the pandemic or the piano or something. Not many decided to turn it into a professional career. How do you get from this beautiful experience to now performing at South by Southwest and all of these other things that you're doing? Yeah, that's a good question. I So I was in a music video when I was, uh, I think I was like 18, and it was not only, it was probably a week and a half after I picked up the guitar for that first song. I always say pay attention to signs because I feel like the universe always gets this direction and we just don't listen. And so I believe in synchronicity, things start to happen. And if we really listen and we get in our hearts and we pay attention, we can always figure it out. It was probably not even two weeks after I picked up the guitar for the first time. It was Dean's day. It was birthday. He's a one of the guys who started Lone Star, a country music group. I don't know if you know, but yeah, yeah, bunch of hit songs um, from the '90s. It was his birthday. I pick up the phone. I say, "Hey, Dino, happy birthday! Haven't talked to you in a good while, and we've always stayed in touch." 
And I said, you're not going to believe this, but I kind of had this like revelation the other night and I'm playing around on the guitar and well, I feel like I might need to come to Nashville and make a song. And I was kind of kidding. Right. But I kind of deep down knew exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he did the knee slapper. He's like, come on down whenever you're ready. We'll be here for you, you know. <laughs> but the interesting, amazing part is it was probably a month and a half later when the bars lifted and you could fly again. Right. Because I thought about driving, but I booked a ticket. It was $80 from mm-hmm. from New York to BNA. I landed. He picked me up. We went straight to the studio. I met with all of his band. We wrote my first song in the studio that night, which is Wide Open, which today has about 600,000 streams. Wow. And that was the beginning. And that was in it. I took it in my journal because he said, I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to write a song. And he said, well, you know, what have you been doing at home? And I said, well, I've just been opening up these journals, flipping through them and reading them. And, and he said, well, flip to one. And I said, okay. And I said, oh, this was actually a really beautiful song that I actually wrote to my relationship with God when I was going through a really hard time. And I read it to him and he got on the piano and he said, verbatim, tell me the lyrics. And we wrote, we wrote out the lyrics verbatim what was on the page. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So I think again, you know, and, and, you know, it, people are like, well, it's not always that sweet. It's not always that, you know, synchronistic. It's not always whatever, but I really believe when we're, when we pay attention to a gift that's in our heart that we're supposed to share with people, I think there's a lot of synchronicity that happens. I think there's a lot of common denominators that start to fall together. Mm -hmm. And I think all we have to do is say yes. That's true. I think that's it. Yeah. Well, and you had a couple of things going for you that is a real testament to how to your tenacity and think and your talents was that you had this creative streak either, you know, through acting and through your poetry and all of you have that creativity in you so that when the music came to you, you were prepared to take that just into another genre or another outlet. Also, you knew people, which is huge. You made an effort to keep in touch with people and building relationships, which I think is a huge part of building your career as a musician or any career is keeping those relationships. And you were so smart to keep those. And then, like you said, say yes and go for it. I think all of those things really show how it wasn't just luck, that there were a lot of things that you did in preparation so that when these things fell into place, you were ready for it. Oh, I could not agree more. I've been telling people, as you think for one second that I've had luck in music or that it's only taken me two years to get where I'm at, I would say you're crazy because it's, you know, my mom always used to say overnight success takes 15 years. And, <laughs> you know, She's very wise, I, your mom. Yeah. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been acting and at it, you know, in, in the TV and film world for 16 years now. And every audition, you know, Every time I was on set, every project that I filmed that I thought was going to roll out and be my my hit role that didn't happen, all of those things have prepared me, you know, staying in character, getting into character, falling out of character, falling in love with the character, all of it has prepared me to be able to not only record, because that's a totally different thing, recording versus being on stage. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when I step on stage as Kelly Monroe, the reason I changed my name is because... There, it is a it is a side of me. It's a character that I play because it allows me to freely sing from my heart with like no inhibition. And 
that's just a playful side that I allow to come out. But she didn't just come out of anywhere. I mean, it, it's taken me a really long time to build that stamina and build that character, if you will, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you had your first song and now it's been a massive success. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank um, you. But that's writing the songs only part of it. Then you have to record and you have to do these albums. Uh, walk me through your creative process yeah. in your new in your new music, things that you're working on. So I get a lot of inspiration, usually in the heat. And I know that sounds weird, but at a steam room or a sauna or on the beach or on a really hot day for some reason when I start sweating and like things are it's like coming out of my pores well you're from Texas so. I yeah it must be a the way I was born in a generation <laughs> but but I get a lot of inspiration in the heat and I'll start writing um also when I'm on the train like on the metro system here in Paris or I take the train in New York for some reason, people watching and seeing all walks of life from all parts of the world is just super inspiring. And it's part of the reason I came to Paris because I love being in Europe because it's such a melting pot of the world. And, you know, and also you can record here for much cheaper. I highly suggest it. That would be one of my tips for people, but super inspiring on the train and or in like hot environments. I'll loop a melody and I'll play something. And this is the thing. I think this is really important for, for people to remember. I'm not a good guitar player and I can't play the piano. I mean, I try, but it's not, it's not like I've been playing instruments my whole life. So right. again, I think it's an opportunistic thing, right? I will put on a track that's like a meditative song, just the piano. You can Google spa piano or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, meditative study piano. And I'll just loop it and I'll just write songs that my heart feels like I'll just write words and those turn obviously into songs but then I'll go home and I'll go back and listen to what I wrote and then I'll call my producer who I met in Nashville after I worked with Dean and I'll say hey I kind of have this vision it's kind of like a hybrid of like pink and like I don't know kind of like a Fleetwood Mac vibe but like the BPM is the exact same as the chain and I want it to sound kind of grainy and I want my voice to be in a lower range. But these are kind of the lyrics that speak to me. And so she'll take all my notes and she'll lay down a guitar melody, just the very beginning of it for me. And then I'll go back and sing on it. And I'll say, okay, this is kind of what I'm thinking. And then we'll build a song around that. Oh, so it's a very collaborative sort of experience. Very collaborative. And there's also been times like here in Paris, I was listening to this rapper the other day and he was like doing his thing. And I was like, I kind of want to take that same beat or something similar and kind of sing rap on it and talk on it. And so I'm doing that now, too. <laughs> so if you could classify your music in a genre, which I know you don't want to do, I know you want to break all sorts of boundaries, but how would you describe your music? It's, it seems very eclectic. Well, I think I, it's important that we all start where we came from. Mm -hmm. It's a really good starting point. Um, like the most authentic part of my soul. I'm from Texas. Country music is what I started listening to at the age of, as a newborn at two years old. Mm -hmm. um, so I think country music will always be such a huge part of me. And I think I've found my voice in country music. And I think it's allowed me to now start exploring other sectors and other genres of like what's interesting, what's not. 
but I would really love to collaborate on a worldly level. Like, how can we do country music in France? Oh, that'd be interesting. And how can we begin to really expand what that would look and feel like? You know, because they're doing country music and, you know, with rap now or hip hop, right? Right. In the States. But I'm like, okay, what if I'm really true to me? which is, you know, my partner is from France. I've got a lot of friends that live all over the world. How can I take country music and begin to explore there? So um, I would say very much like country pop, country rock. And now I'm kind of going into weird places. I don't know. I don't even know what it's called anymore. I don't know. It's like Kelly genre. I don't even know. Yeah, we yeah. don't need to put a label on it. I was just wondering what you considered yourself. Have you performed much in France? Um, so I've only done one show here and it was so incredible because what I'm really learning is that music knows no boundaries. It is just, I don't think anybody in the room, I mean, I'm sure ha more than half the people can speak English, right? So they understood some of the lyrics, but it didn't even matter because it was more of a feeling. You know, it was just a, a small room, full room, which I was so grateful for. But I was just like, wow, like they don't, some of these people have no idea what I'm saying, but they can hear me. Right. You know, they can hear what I'm saying. They don't know what I'm saying, but they can feel me. That's what is really interesting to me is making music that's like, I don't know. It's just, it's the, the words are not really interesting anymore. It's more like what we're, how we're singing it and what, you know, how we're saying it with conviction and what it really means to us. So. I'm really interested in making music now that like really touches my heart instead of trying to produce something with an outcome. Well, that makes sense. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, which is what I think I started out doing. You're very performance driven as an actor, obviously. It's like very tit for tat, you know, like you audition, you get the part, you do the part, the part comes out, everybody watches it. But music is so different. I mean, you know, look at Prince. He did over, you know, he did thousands of songs he never released, but um, he did it just as self-expression. So, mm -hmm. And really, music is all about connecting with people, regardless of language barriers or anything. And so the more connected you are with your own music, the more you connect with other people. That's right. What do they think of country music, though? The sound of it. Yeah, yeah, I think it was cool. I think they were <laughs> definitely into it. You know, and the coolest part is it's a new sound here, right? Yeah. So as much as you feel like you're insecure or limited, you know, my friend who's a uh, she's like a French rapper here. And she came up to me afterward and she was like, dude, that was so cool because it's a new sound. Yeah. You know, people aren't used to country music here. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting. Instead of trying to feel insecure, like I don't fit in in Paris, I mean, in Nashville, it's like I get to create something new for myself here. And it's a new sound, which is really cool. Yeah. And there's no real expectations there. It's whatever you make of it. It's whatever you make of it. And I hope that when I go back to the States, I carry that forward because the truth is, is that wherever we are in the world, that needs to be what we lead with always. It doesn't matter where we are, who's listening or what the outcome is or what even like subjectively we're going for. It's like music is music and you can be anywhere in the world and anyone it just takes one person to resonate with your sound and resonate with your words. And to me, it's like super important moving forward just to like put myself out there in such a way that like there's no 
I'm not I'm not worried about anything else. Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of bravery. Oof. It's really hard. It's a uh, yeah, it's really challenging. Um, but I'm I'm learning that the more I allow myself to be free and make mistakes and just show up for myself, there's a lot of power in that too. It's I think the the thing about artistry, right? Like we all know as artists in whatever creative sector you're in, the goal of of being unique and yourself and authentic and putting yourself out there, well, it, it tips this way. But then there's always way here. You know, it's always there's always a balance. There's always an equilibrium with like taking a chance and a risk and putting yourself out there, which is so beautiful and authentic. Right. But there's always the way down here that a lot of people don't talk about. You know, it's like, well, God, you just look like you're killing it. You're in Paris and everything's so great. And, and I'm like, yeah, but there's so many nights where I'm crying and I feel insecure because I'm in my 30s and I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I'm trying to be brave and I'm trying to use my voice to show the world how to heal and to give people permission to do the same. But of course it's lonely and of course it's scary. And of course I have no idea what I'm doing, you know, and there's days that I feel absolutely crazy, but that's how I know that I'm in the movement of being an artist. Cause it's like, when you don't feel that crazy and that imbalance, then I think we're not doing our job. You know, yeah, you're being a little stagnant. Yeah. Feeling a little uncomfortable is how you know you're moving forward. That's right. Yeah. So to the nitty gritty, because I love your philosophy on music and expression and human connection. I think that's what music's all about. But as far as your actual career, you must have I mean, you have done such a great job, it seems, of planning things of, you know, you talked with your producer, you talked with um, with friends that, you know, have how have you shaped it? There are a lot of musicians that have great music, but don't know how to get out there. Do you have a team that helps you with publicity? What is it that you do to really um, let people know who you are and what your voice is? Yeah, I think it's a amazing question. Um, so I use a distribution company, two different ones. Mm -hmm. I think the distribution company is really important. I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to upload it and do my thing. But on the front end of this distribution deal, I called the owner. He was like, why is this girl calling me? Like, I don't, she's at what? And I was like, no, I need to know before we do this. Like, I need to know what your plan is. You need to know who I am. I need to know that there's a team that's going to be helping. If not, I'm going to go to another distribution company. And he was kind of like, well, nobody's ever really called me, like gotten a hold of me. And you know, this is, just, this is the standard deal. And I'm like, well, I'm not a standard deal. So like, let's figure out this is what I want. I want, I want as many streams as possible. I want a platform. I'm really big into producing and directing all my music videos because I work backwards, right? So when I write a lot of the time, it's, it's very cinematic. So my plan is always to take a song that I do and then create this whole story that then we put up on YouTube. But, um, I love telling stories. So it's the story right. within the story. And I'm like, no, look, like I want, I want YouTube ads and I want, you know, somebody that can help me drive business towards that. So I was really hungry with that, like being on the business side of things. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. are so focused on the song, but I'm like, no, how do we get, you know, I need advertisements driving to my, my videos. Like, how do we get that? What does that look like? I need somebody helping with social media. I don't have a ton of money to do that, but what would that look like? I can post every day on my own, but I am going to need help with that. And I mean, the thing is, you can, I remember 
you know, I've, I've grown since then and I've given myself more money to be able to do it. But in the beginning, I mean, I went on Fiverr. I made my own first album cover, the, the song that has the most streams to date. Um, I made it for 20 bucks. The same guy still does my album covers because he's awesome. He's actually, wow. he's ironically in Paris. I didn't even make that connection. He's here. <laughs> you um, found him on Fiverr? Yeah, on Fiverr. Uh, really? Another guy from Bangladesh that like has a whole team and I paid him $30 a month and he was driving traffic just to my page. I said, I don't want bots. I don't want fake followers. I don't want, don't do the like, unlike saying, because we all know that that's, it's all part of the game, but I don't want to do that. Just mm-hmm. driving traffic to my page. So I made an album cover. I had traffic driven to my page for $50. I mean, I've just been scrappy, you know, like I've been like totally scrappy. Um, I helped, I paid someone like, I think, uh, 80, 80 to a hundred dollars, depending upon how I performed to pitch me to playlists. So I've just been mm. like, you know, and then you get on one editorial playlist and then that's all you need. And then Spotify kind of does the rest and then algorithms. But I've been very entrepreneurial. Like my mindset has been very, I am an entrepreneur. This is my company. And it's a, it's one thing to like make the music, but it's another thing to go, okay, here's my image. This is how I want to be seen to the world. This is what I want to talk about. You know, I had someone tell me that you should never talk about this whole like psychedelic journey you went on, you should never talk about it. And I'm like, well, that's, I'm not going to do that because that's like not my process. And this is like, this is part of my story, right? Mm-hmm. And my spirituality is a very big piece of my my world and how I live, but I'm not going to be afraid to show myself in all areas of my life. So, you know, that was something I had to take a chance on. But yeah, that was a choice. So I've just been, yeah. I don't know. I think it's, you know, you have to definitely not, think big picture when you're actually making the music but I think once the music is made you have to really think big picture and go okay how do I get in the pocket what is my genre I think also knowing the small fan base that I started to get it's like how do I really win over their hearts and really get them engaged yeah so that was a interesting but to be honest with you I don't I don't think any of us really know what we're doing it's a I think we just do the best we can. I do believe that there's a lot of universal divine energy that's behind us, that's pushing us in the right direction if it's where we're supposed to be going. Fantastic. It's great that you're making these connections. Again, it goes back to the connection thing. Your authenticity, I think, is what endears you to your fans. And I think a lot of music fans are wanting to know the artist behind the music. And so you being honest with them, I think, is a really good, really good thing. Yeah, and you know, maybe it can help someone too, because I, I know that I suffered I think we all have in certain moments in our life, but you know, anxiety and depression and all of these things, right? And there's there yeah. are ways to get around it and get through it and go through it and really process it. And of course music has been such a huge part of that. But there's other things in my life that I wanna continue to share that have really helped me as well. Yeah. So I love that. Um and you also are trying to encourage everyone to defy societal standards. You want to go into that a little bit? I think that's very intriguing. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I think my goal is just to be a living, breathing example of embodying what it means to be an outrageous woman pursuing her dreams. And and what I mean by that is just giving myself permission to be free and to have the courage to pursue this and to like baby step it 
and to literally like just keep showing up for myself is what I think it means to defy the odds of society, right? To like go against the grain. Like I get messages all the time. How are you doing it? Where do I start? How, how did you do it? And I'm like, I am literally just doing it every day. I'm showing up on the podcast. I'm getting in the studio. I'm claiming to the world that I'm an artist. I'm claiming that I'm a singer. I'm putting pen to paper and writing my thoughts. Because when we actualize it and when we say it out loud and when we begin to actually do it, we are it. And then when we are that, people understand that we are that. And then we do more of that. And then we are that. So I think it's just if we wait for the rules or we wait for the you know, prerequisites or we wait for the qualifications, we wait until this happens. We wait until that happens. It's like you wake up sleepy and you're 65 or 90 and it's past, right? Actually, 65 is a very great age to start doing anything because my mom is 67 and she's beginning to write books now and do painting and everything else. But the most important thing I think is just the day that I gave myself permission to do it and I'm holding myself accountable. I think it's being a living, breathing example of what is possible which a lot of other women have done in in the creative field. But I also just don't think like we grew up having to pick a lane. You know, I don't know if you remember in school, it was like, oh, if you want to be a firefighter or a dentist or a doctor or a, you know, a lawyer, you got to go to law school and you got to, which again, I'm not saying don't go to school and get an education, but I think it's absolutely acceptable and radical and cool to just claim it and to just say, you know what? I might not be qualified, but the fact that I'm here, I'm taking a seat at this table. So I am qualified, you know? And I think that's how we defy the odds of like what is supposed to be. Um, I think so many people are afraid, you know, but, oh, once I get to that table, I'm not going to be good enough or I don't know what I'm doing or whatever. But the truth is everybody that's sitting at that table, you know, I always, I always think about being at the Grannies or the Oscars. It's like everybody that gets up to get that award, none of them go, well, you know, I can't believe I'm here. Never really thought I was good enough. I, you know, whatever. They're like, I knew I was good enough. I believed in myself. And no matter what happened to me through every trial and tribulation, I got back up and I kept going. And I just think it's like, if you want a seat at any table, you just got to go sit down and you just got to take it. And you can't wait on anybody to to give you permission to sit because it's just it's not going to happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that 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 one particular night during the pandemic is what really changed the trajectory in my life. As far as like, I have two choices here: I can either succumb to the fear in my mind, or I can push through and create a really epic life for myself. Yeah. And now you're in Paris. <laughs> now I'm in Paris. <laughs> and I've been, you know, making crazy music, which I don't even know if I'll ever release, but it just feels so good, you know? Well, yeah, that's that was my next question. What's your upcoming projects? What are you working on now? So I still have a film and post that I've been waiting on uh, for a good time now. So we'll see about that. That's still yet to come. I don't even know. Uh, I've got three songs that I finished in Nashville back in January that are getting... Um, mixed and mastered right now. I finished three songs in Miami 
that are super funky and cool. They're more like party poppy songs, but super fun and different. And then I've got six that I'm doing in Paris. So by the end wow. of the year, I'll have um, about 13 songs ready to go. That's another album right there. Yeah. But this year has really just been allowing myself with no, uh, no outcome, no set dates, just really to explore and be free. I left New York with two suitcases and I've just been um, traveling and really, I don't know, I, I have this crazy vision of just being this like international kind of presence where I just work with a lot of different people all over the world and make music. So I really admire your courage and you just like, I'm doing this and I'm, and you do it and you do it. How many of us sit there and think, oh, wouldn't it be great to do this? And you're like, well, then I'm going to go do it. And I, I love that about you. I have to say, um, you, it has been such a joy to talk with you and learn from you closing up. What's one piece of advice that you have for new musicians that we have not covered yet? Oh, cause you've covered a lot already. Yeah. I would just say like, it sounds so cheesy, but really listen to your inner child, really get in touch with that inner voice and really take care of that little presence and just pay attention because I think he or she will tell you everything that you need to know, even though we have to be the driver, right? And protecting ourselves and being adults. I think when we really start to listen to that inner child voice, I think it's like where all of our gifts really lie. And, you know, I'm definitely where I'm at today just from allowing and giving her permission to just like let her little like freak flat flat, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it. I think if you start there, I think you can't ever go wrong. Thank you. That's great advice. It's been such a joy to meet you and chat with you. I just wish you all the best of luck. Please stay in touch. Let us know when you have new things coming out. I can't I wait will. to hear what, what comes out of this year of adventure for you. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for joining us today on the Musicians versus the World podcast in our conversation with singer-songwriter Kelly Monroe. If you are interested in learning more about Kelly or hearing more of her music, I will have a list of links for you in our show notes and on our website, frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. In today's episode, you've heard excerpts from Wide Open, written and performed by Kelly Monroe, and Rise Up by Kelly, produced by George Paytas and featuring Young Buck. All music was shared here with permission. Musicians versus the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. It is hosted and edited by me, Christine Smith, and our producer today is Russ Wilkes. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any future conversations. You can also find a video version of this interview on our Musicians vs. the World YouTube channel. If you have any questions for us, topics you'd like to hear about, or any helpful advice for other musicians you'd like to share, be sure to reach out on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, or Facebook, or send us an email at info at Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.